Welcome to the Just Be Podcast, a place and a time where we simply just get to be. Hi, how are you today? It's, uh, it's Tuesday. Um, hopefully you got through Monday. I don't know. I think for me, Monday is my favorite day of the week. Weirdly enough, for a lot of people, Monday's like their least favorite day. And I find Mondays to be quite wonderful simply because they allow me to, um, you know, set the tone for the week. You know, I get up early and, you know, get through the day and accomplish different goals and tasks that I have, um, you know, kind of set before myself. And I feel like it really, really just propels me through the week to continue with that energy. Um, yeah, I don't know when and where Mondays became my favorite day, but they did. Um, but I digress because today's Tuesday. So, um, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about something a little different and something I haven't talked about, um, since it happened, um, earlier this year, um, January 26th to be exact, um, was the day that my mom died. And today being April 26th marks three months, um, since it happened. And it's, it's wild on so many levels because three months, 90 days, it doesn't sound like that's a long time and it's not, but somehow when you have lost someone you love or loved, no, I would say love, I still love her, you know, but I always love her. Um, but when you lose someone in such, in such a deep way as through death, it time doesn't function normally. At least it doesn't feel as though it does. 90 days have passed since my mom died. And it feels like just yesterday I was getting the call from my siblings that she took her last breath. Um... But yet it also feels like years have gone by and it's normal that she's not here anymore. And it honestly just depends on the day. And I find it curious how that works. I mean, time is, is relative, right? And it's always changing and, it's, and it feels different for each and every one of us, depending on where and what we're doing in our lives and what's going on. But I don't know, time is unique in the sense that it doesn't really boast on how it can make you feel youthful or young or how you can feel alive one day and the next simply be dead. It doesn't, time just exists. It doesn't have, I don't think, a motive, right, to, to cause us to feel some some way. But so often I think we look at time as that way, like, oh, time has is, is gone away from me, or time took this away, or t- in time, you know, or only time will heal. And I think it's not a matter of time itself, you know, if time was a, an entity or a person, if you wanted to <laughs> personify it. But uh, I think we, the individual, we give meaning to time. Um in in the different ways that it it affects us and the different ways that we interact with it and yeah i mean being that it's only been 3 months 
since my mom died. It's it's wild. Um, I sit here recording this and can't help but be emotional. And it's uh, it's interesting because I think there's a part of me that goes, well, this happened 90 days ago. Why does it make you cry? Um, and I think that's a logical part of my brain, right? My brain is trying to protect me in its own way and in trying to move forward and to heal. But then there's my heart. And my heart's like, I'm broken. I'm shattered. And this person that gave gave me life isn't here to to bring comfort to those broken places. Because in in a way, she's the reason why it's broken. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a curious thing. Because for a very long time, crying wasn't a very natural or easy thing for me. And I don't know why. I always wish I had more of a, a natural inclination to cry. You know, I have plenty of friends who are so connected to their emotions that can cry when they feel deep sadness or, or extreme joy. And, and it's, and it's sometimes even simple. It doesn't have to be an extreme emotion, but they're connected to how they feel in tears sometimes or that response or that release. And I've always found it beautiful, but I, it, it hasn't always been something that was so easy for me. Um, as I've gotten older, I would say that I cry more or I have more access to that, to that faculty. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's a thousand and one reasons why I didn't cry or didn't like to cry, right? Don't want to be weak or don't want to be vulnerable. Um, and for me personally, I often filter my emotions through my, my mind, you know, through my logic. So I think constantly weighing the pros and the cons and don't really allow my heart to feel, but, you know, allow my mind to kind of regulate what we're going to feel and how we're going to go about it. Um, but this time in my life, um, it's different where my heart has taken the front seat and I'm grateful. Um, because I don't think I've ever cried this much in my life. (laughs) And there are times where I can have slept well and had, a, I don't know, pleasant dreams and I wake up and I'm just in tears. And not necessarily convulsing and bent over my bed in tears, but just sitting up and just tears just rolling down my face. And sometimes it's a matter of going to the grocery store and passing by <laughs> that you know, that coffee creamer, my mom's favorite coffee creamer. She couldn't live without that stuff. As much as I hated her drinking it, she she persisted and persisted that it's what she needed for her coffee. But just those things, those those, those moments that otherwise would have never caught your attention, they all seem so important now. There's so much more value to the nuance of life. And... um you know, it was not too long ago, I was uh, kind of uh, encountered a random person, like a stranger. I was um, 
I was at a coffee shop actually. Um, and if you know me, you know that I love coffee shops. <laughs> and I was in conversation with, with someone, I, I forgot, I think they were asking what book I was reading. And through dialogue and, and talking, um, it came up that my mom had recently passed away. And, you know, I started getting, um, I could feel that my eyes were starting to get warm and I was starting to get a bit emotional. And, and I think the gentleman, he could tell that, you know, Ooh, <laughs> I may have struck a chord. And, and I looked at him and I said, you know, I might cry, um, but it's okay. I said, um, it's not a bad thing. It's actually quite a, quite an awesome thing. I said, I think years ago, I would have been embarrassed crying in front of a stranger or even shedding a tear in front of a stranger. Um, but now, especially in regards to the loss of my mom, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I can cry. Um, because at least for me, it, it shows that we shared love, you know, that, that she loved me and I loved her. And so when I, when I cry, yes, sometimes it's a deep, deep ache in my heart that I don't have words for. And there are other times where it's, I cry because it happened because she happened because she was my mother and I was her son. And the memories that we've had, the good, the bad, and I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend my mom was, was perfect or that we had the perfect relationship, you know, especially through my teenage years. Oh gosh, I don't think there was a moment her and I weren't fighting about something. Um, and even early adulthood, we didn't always see eye to eye, but when we finally did, there was a moment, remember we had an argument one time and she goes, why do you think I'm trying to hurt you? I'm not trying to hurt you. And I looked at her and tears in my eyes. And I said, I know you're not because if you were, if you were intentionally trying to hurt me, I wouldn't be here trying to make this work. I said, mom, <laughs> We're both showing up to the table, and our currency is love. But I think we just have the wrong exchange rate, so it's not working right now. But I know in time, I know in time it will work, and we'll come to the table with the right exchange rate, the right currency, and it will work. Oh, and this was what? This was probably oof, back in 20... 18, 2019, and I can honestly say so much more in the past year, the past, you know, six months leading up to when she passed, we had probably the most dynamic relationship that I am beyond grateful for. I mean, we talked on the phone daily, every day. She was, uh, she was my lunchtime phone call. She called me every day around lunchtime, asked me how my day was, and we would sometimes talk for as much time as I could afford during, you know, during our work and in between meetings or clients. And sometimes it was a quick five-second phone call, just, hi, I love you, hope you're having a good day, you know. And, wow, like, I miss that. 
I miss my lunchtime phone call, you know. But man, am I grateful. Oh, gosh, so grateful. So, so, so grateful that I had that. That for six, three months, I had that. And for me, that will be as much time multiplied by a million times a million times a million that will exceed the amount of times of my life where I felt my mother and I weren't close. You know, and so it's, and so that's my, I guess, my point, right? Time is relative. Years upon years of disagreements and not getting along and even long windows of time without talking to, I don't know, six months, maybe even more so three months of just intentional communication and understanding and listening and being seen and being heard that, let's say it was only three months of that. Oh, wow. That to me is, that's lifetimes and will always outshadow the time of my life. My mother and I didn't connect well. And so I, I, I'm sharing this, um, Primarily because it seems this is the easiest way for me to to get my thoughts and my feelings out. Uh, I'm very much a verbal processor. <laughs> I mean, granted, I journal and do do other other ways or other forms of expression, but um, seems that verbally tends to work well. F- mm, excuse me, <laughs> works well for me. Um, but I'm also sharing this because I want other people in the world, um, who may be in a place where they are experiencing lost someone they loved and to encourage you that your journey will look different, right? You may be listening to the things that I'm sharing and you're like, wow, I totally connect to that. Or you're like, nope, I don't get that. Probably because you haven't lost maybe a loved one. Or you lost a loved one, but it it didn't maybe, doesn't resonate because your relationship wasn't close. Or, and that's okay. I think that's what I've come to realize. Um, you know, in, in grieving and in, in processing the, <laughs> the death of my mother is that Everything that was no longer is. And who I am now, 90 days after her death, is not the person I was 90 days ago. And I think, you know, death often can seem so final, especially for the person who died. Because they don't get to physically walk around and be present with us. And that's hard. That's so hard. But I think at the same time, it's not that final. I feel as though, in in a unique and new way, my mom is still with me, right? Her memory, our experiences, things that I tend to remember in random moments where I was like, oh, she did say that, or oh, she did do that. And... You know, it's it's her death has confronted me and I know my siblings too in their own way with um with choices of who it is that we're gonna be moving forward. 
you know, who is it that we were when she was here, when she was alive? And who are we now that she's gone? And who will become years down the road? And so I think death, though it is final to some degree and painful, I think in so many ways it offers so much more. It offers, I think, a chance to begin again, a chance for renewal. And it's not easy. <laughs> oh, gosh, definitely not easy. But is it worth it? I don't even know if worth it is the right phrase because it wasn't like I had a choice, right, to experience my mom dying. <laughs> But it's something we'll all experience to some degree. Loss is part of human nature, human condition. We don't physically get to live forever. And I know we'll all experience it at different times. And I have friends that have lost parents when they were young, when they were adolescent or teenage years. And I have friends that haven't lost their parents and their parents are well into their 90s, you know, so it's it's different for everyone. But at some point, death, to some degree, will touch all of our lives. And I think that that is something that is, that is connecting, right, to every stranger that in the world that we have yet to meet or may never meet, and to the people that we know and love. We're connected by certain things, the fact that we breathe, <laughs> but also the fact that we will lose those that we love. And I don't think it's tragic. In the end, I think maybe it's tragic and it's painful, you know, in the onset. But I think there's a beauty to it. I think there's a gift. And I'm still navigating and processing the gift that my mom gets to leave behind through the legacy of the life that she lived and the love that she shared. I'm still figuring it all out. But 90 days later, I can say that I see it a bit more clearly. My mom was a woman who pain was her life. Growing up, um, my brother and sister were murdered um, through gang violence. Two different incidences, four years apart. I was about three years old and my sister was murdered. And then four years later, my brother was murdered. So my mom, for her pain, emotional pain, deep loss, marked her life. And if that wasn't enough, she had a lot of physical pain. She had a lot of back and bone issues and, you know, eventually had spinal surgery and that didn't go well. And she was always in pain. And most of the people that knew her never knew. They're like, how was she so kind if she was always suffering? And honestly, as, as her child, I think I got to see more of her, of her suffering and her pain. I think my siblings and I got to experience that more because, you know, things that happen at home don't always happen in public. But suffice to say, my mom would, you know, she, uh, I think if one, one thing that I can think of right now in this moment of her legacy is that she taught us how to love in the midst of pain. 
And I think sometimes we often think that if we're in pain, if we're suffering, that we don't have much to give, that we have, we don't have a capacity, but I don't think that's true. I think we can simply just be ourselves in the midst of our own pain, but we can still love and we can still show love because I don't think pain in and of itself is void of love. I think it's just something that occurs and it and it warps us and it changes us but I don't think it means that we are become devoid of love or lack the ability to love or to experience love and so today three months later 90 days later from the day that my mom died I sit here Processing what does it look like to love. To love not just myself, but to love others. To love humanity in the midst of pain. Despite suffering, how is it that we can love? And to you listening, wherever you find yourself in the world, whether loss and suffering hasn't touched your life, or if it has touched your life greatly, just know that regardless, you have the capacity to love and the capacity to receive love. And no story and no journey is better or worse than the other. I think we all are so unique and beautiful, just like the shards of glass in a mosaic, all different shapes and colors of broken glass. And individually, yeah, unique for sure. But together organized in a beautiful way, we collectively get to tell a magnificent story. So I'll end it here, and I'll leave you with this. Wherever you are, whoever you are, and whatever you're doing, I want you to know that you are seen, that you are heard, and that you are loved. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.